Welcome to season two of Bibliocruise. My name is Amanda. And my name is Isela. We are literary has-beens and amateur coffee enthusiasts trying to share our knowledge with the podcast world. Listener, beware. For today's coffee date, we'll be discussing some Arl Stein books and where the fuck we went for a month because it's been... We fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> This Fear Street stuff really cursed this podcast. And a lot of shit happened, but before we get into that shit, what are you drinking? I am drinking a hazelnut iced coffee. This is all I've been drinking for like the past, since I've last spoken to you. For some reason, that's all I ever crave. I don't know why. I was very lazy. And I went and got Starbucks today because, um, I mean, we still have some coffee, but we don't have oat milk in the house. And you know how I am. I can't drink black coffee. Not a heathen. Um, <laughs> no, I got an iced caramel latte with oat milk from Starbucks. And I got some breakfast stuff from there. If you like sweet stuff, you'd probably like it. It just tastes like, I don't know, milk and caramel. With milk and more sugar. Yeah. So if you like sugar with your milk... <laughs> It's 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> Some updates for this podcast. Um, we decided to make this our season two, episode one, uh, because we were gone for a very long time and just felt necessary. Um, you're also now listening to a podcast that is hosted by a librarian. That's me. And a fucking teacher. That's you. <laughs> you're a teacher now. I am a teacher now. Um, Everything happened so quickly. One month I was a teacher in training and Mm now I'm a full-blown fucking teacher. Yeah. Hello world. You're going to be molding minds of the future of the next generation. Fucking terrifying, but I got this. You're going to be great. Look at us, a couple of educators. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Look at us. Not <laughs> Absolutely not me. I don't, I don't know. Um, so this was a very highly anticipated episode for us. We were so excited to talk about Arl Stein and Goosebumps and Fear Street. And then we got really sad, like really sad and could not read. And then bad things happened. Someone, someone fucking hit my car. And then someone hit my fucking car. There was a lot of car hitting. Um, yeah. Saddies. And then I, I went to Spain. Yeah. You you went to Spain and you booked you booked it. You were like. <laughs> yeah. I was like. It was like a heat of the moment kind of thing. One day I was just really fucking sad. And I was telling my mom like, mom, I'm really fucking sad. I'm really fucking depressed right now. And five minutes later, she sent me this like screenshot of how cheap plane tickets to Spain were. And I was like, fuck it, let's go. So I <laughs> jumped on that shit real fast. And then a month later, we were in Spain. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, that's one thing. I love when parents are impulsive with you. They encourage your spontaneous adventures. So it was really fun. Thanks, mom. I, yeah, thank you, mom. I saw a lot of books. I saw this badass cover of Lord of the Flies in Spanish. <gasps> oh, yeah. Did you take a picture of that? I like, did. saved it? Oh, I might have if I I think I did I'll maybe the Instagram because it looks yeah. so cool I almost bought it just because of the cover mm-hmm. um also I feel like I need to read in foreign languages more 
like just to brush it up yes. like the only book i have that isn't complete spanish is hatchet which I is like, i own a book i think it's fucking like middle grade i don't know um we'll hear more about her trip to spain but i also want to mention that i just while she was gone i just bought books that i didn't read like i've accumulated many a books and then like last week i may or may not have had salmonella like <laughs> we're fucking i'm still waiting for results it was either that or like a rowdy stomach flu um but we're better now <laughs> it's just so it's weird. so oh. random but like yeah. this i remember opening the group chat and brought up salmonella and i was like what the fuck like do people get salmonella? I don't know. I don't, I guess I didn't know what the hell salmonella was. And yeah, um, it sounds fucking awful. Can I just I, say that my face is so clear right now? <laughs> like this purge, like my body is cleansed. I am clean. I know. Look at my face. It's like, it's like drop that skincare routine. Well, I just got salmonella. So. <laughs> Died. my stomach lining gave up on me but look at my skin <laughs> look at my skin it's glowing um, <laughs> this episode oh my gosh I didn't even read a single fear street novel book whatever I just read two goosebumps books and I called it because like the title of this episode says it fucking cursed us like how is it that so many bad things happened to us while we were trying to get this done like yeah uh it, it was it was it was a little it was a mess for a while because we would make plans to record on a day and that day would come and we'd be like oh I feel really fucking sad I just want to sleep can we do this on this day and then that day would come and we'd be like oh I didn't read yet so it was <laughs> like oh like, somebody hit my car can we record yeah, later <laughs> yeah. so then I was just like what if we take this month off it could be like our summer vacation this is our month off we could cut it off here this could be mm -hmm. season one and then yeah and, then and we, we just decided not to tell anybody that we we're yeah. taking a hiatus I yeah. apologize listener we yeah. should have let you know communication skills are not our highest point here but um <laughs> when I say it was difficult to do anything it was fucking difficult like literally even making a post to say like hey we'll be back in a while we didn't want to do that because I feel like if we had put down a date it was just not going to happen yeah it would feel like an obligation yeah and we, we already had issues with obligations <laughs> Our, we also have like poor commitment <laughs> like we have communication issues and we're bad at committing um I have trust issues with myself so yeah <laughs> another yeah. update would be that we'd probably be moving to um one episode a month just because we're now both full-time employees yeah at I, our jobs yeah this is my first time teaching so I don't want to feel too yeah overwhelmed if I am able to maybe if we're both able to maybe mm -hmm. we'll go back to two episodes but I feel like it's safe to play it as an episode, episode a month mm -hmm. because Amanda is still in Doing school. Mm -hmm. Amanda has to read a lot and mm -hmm. it can be a little overwhelming. And this, like we've stated before, this podcast isn't supposed to be overwhelming at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I too bought a lot of books and then I would read like five pages and then I would put it back down and <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> so that's, that's how I've been the last few months. Uh, I can't, even remember the last book I read 
the last book I read was probably, oops. Oh, The Lovely Wife. Oh. No, My Lovely Wife. Um, I do not recommend it. It was basically Gone Girl, but watered down. Um, what? I love that comparison. I have not read Gone Girl, but I have seen the critically acclaimed Gone Girl film with Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's got Gone Girl vibes. I really want to read Gone Girl just as like a bucket list kind of thing. No, don't do it. Time, but I okay. I started it. I knew I was gonna hate it. Actually, no, I didn't think I was gonna hate it because the premise sounded so fucking interesting. Uh, I had never seen the movie. I didn't actually see the movie until I fucking flew to Spain and I was bored. So I was like, let me just read this movie. I mean, <laughs> watch this movie. And I fucking hated it just as much as I hated the fucking book. Um, the book, I'm not going to spoil it. I will just tell you, it fucking pissed me off. The main characters, actually every single damn character in this book, apart from Ben Affleck's character's mom. Yeah. And she was only in it for like five seconds. Everyone was so unlikable. Everyone pissed me off. This, the way it was written, too, it was just, it was a huge mess. Like, fuck that book. Is, also, that a, is it a series? No, I don't think so. I hope not. I had saw, maybe it's not a series, uh, but I, maybe like this author had just like written two other books. I went to a bookstore recently, um, like a used bookstore and they had like a book bundle for three books by uh Jillian uh Flynn is that her last name yes she does have like two other huge books I think one of them is sharp uh, sharp objects and the other one is something with scissors I think maybe it was just like a a Jillian yeah like a box set yeah, it's probably what it was. I actually own Sharp Objects, but after reading Gone Girl and fucking hating it, I don't oh, care. No, it is, it, is a, it is a series. Oh, it is? Oh, shit. I didn't know or that. The, no, wait, wait. Gone Girl sequel book is Sharp Objects and then Dark Places. Is that real? Oh. Is there a Gone Girl? I'm Googling all of this in real time. I, I for some oh, reason. just kidding. They're not connected. They're not oh, connected. Okay. <laughs> it was just a box set with all three of her books, I guess. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I don't, I do not remember. Also, the way it ended, it should have like just, what would it like? What would it be about, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that it ended perfectly because it meant that I would never have to read another book again. But it like, was. I'm like, glad it ended. It needed. <laughs> it needed to end. Yeah. This was like Game of Thrones for me, where I started reading Game of Thrones, and then I was like, "Fuck this book." Fuck this <laughs> and, but for me, I'm like too committed. If I start a book, I have to finish it. I just, for some reason, couldn't do it with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is, like, the first book I've ever started that I could not fully finish. But Gone Girl, I was just, like, I already invested so much time in this fucking book. I cannot not finish it. Oh, it's because you're you're not a type of person to, like, mark a book, like, um, not finished, right? Yes. So I, I had to finish it, and I fucking hated it. I don't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> if you want a headache, literally, I had a headache, and it put me in the worst mood for, like, days. Like, I think I stopped reading for, like, a week after this book. Like, it really put me in the most horrible mood. Because I think for me, it's the way people romanticize fucked up relationships like (laughs) this. Like, I think when I had Tumblr, I saw, like, a post, like, oh, my God, she killed this man for her her husband. And I was like, ew. Yeah. 
Please reread your sentence. She killed a man after she framed her husband for her murder. Look, it was like it was like one of those uh, this kind of love posts. Like I want this yeah. kind of. Love. <laughs> Yeah, oh like, god no, thank you. there's nothing yeah. in this world like tumblr dude like yeah, exactly. <laughs> the way that website like romanticized terrible terrible things like it was yeah. ah something else yeah so that that book triggered the shit out of me uh i don't recommend it but if you want to read it like i will we can draw some comparisons together between uh my lovely wife and uh gone girl but yeah just as a just as a pair would be fun. Yeah, I also hated my lovely wife. Um, I, I think I liked it, but the plot, like you could just, there were plot holes, but then it was also transparent. you called it as mm-hmm. soon as something happened. Or like, I think even like five chapters into the book, I already knew how it was going to end. And I don't normally like books like that because it should be, it should be an adventure. You should yeah. be on your toes throughout the entire book. And that's not how that was. So um, I was a little triggered. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it had like a kind of predictable feel yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the yeah. words of Stephen King, if you, as the writer, you should not know what's going on. And so like yeah. <laughs> the... Stephen King ruined reading for me because now I just read everything with like how he, from with everything that I learned from on writing, I use mm-hmm. that in every fucking book I've read since then. Um, I will also mention I finished crying in H Mart and I cried oh. forever, like for days. And I'm actually contemplating rereading it because it really was beautiful. I will say I have read maybe two chapters of it and I put it down and I don't know if I could read it. Um, it just feels sad already. Yeah, and, really and I was just like already not feeling good. So I avoided it and I read a whole bunch of graphic novels and then I stopped reading graphic novels and here we are. I have not read a single book, but I'm out here buying them. I am buying all the books and not reading them. (laughs) Buying books is therapy. That's what it is. I feel so much better when I buy a book. So you know what? It's okay. Now you have stuff on your list (laughs) on top of the pile of books. Oh gosh. (laughs) yeah um I also started reading the post office by Bukowski but um, fuck that book too it's a red flag if a man ever comes up to you okay maybe not just a man if anyone ever comes up to you and they tell you that Charles Bukowski is their favorite author or is the best author ever fucking run that's a red flag one red flag that's like 40 red flags another red flag is if they say they like jd salinger (laughs) specifically catcher in the rye and i will say that i my biggest red flag is the fact that i love jd salinger so much (laughs) i will admit that right the fuck now (laughs) my red flag my personality flaw is that i like salinger sue me (laughs) right oh my gosh i guess it's okay. Um, it's it's so hard. I feel like we've talked about this before. It's really hard to love authors, like pro- problematic authors, but also like they're just kind of good sometimes. Not Charles Bukowski though. Fuck him. Mm-hmm. Hemingway. He just like talks um, about how he can't hold a steady job, but it's because he's drunk all the time, and yeah. maybe because he calls everybody a cunt. I don't know. Yeah, that was. <laughs> The, the fucking post office literally I think I read like 
three chapters or four chapters and they were all so fucking long or maybe it was just dragging on for me because I was just like not about it but um I <laughs> literally every fucking chapter or even every page I, I swear it was like every paragraph actually but every fucking paragraph he would fucking get drunk and then he'd be a shit worker at work <laughs> and he'd be like and his boss would get mad at him and he'd be like oh why is the world out to get me I'm a good worker like blah 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 and you know no yeah you were you were, you were an alcoholic son but back to R.L. Stein yes. um what a guy what a guy what a fucking guy what a universe I will mm-hmm. say I am fucking envious of authors who are able to build a completely gigantic universe like to have the creativity in their fucking brains yeah to be able to fucking create a whole ass world a whole ass maybe not language but like damn like he comes up with like weird like spooky things yeah stuff that I normally would have not been terrified of but now oh this fucking can in my pantry could turn into a fucking blob or a concept but it's very like I think about me be what the things I was scared of as a kid were kind of like weird like that like it's like when you when you see like your your jacket draped over your chair and the lights are out and like only the tiniest sliver of like light is coming in from under the door or something and then the chair kind of just looks like a fucking monster and then like Arl Stein takes that and turns it into an actual monster like like, like the coat is the monster so that's the kind of concept of taking something yeah yeah Yeah, Stein. like I would be surprised I wouldn't be surprised I'm sorry if I found out he directed or he wrote Rubber that killer tire movie oh god (laughs) that's on par with something that he would do um (laughs) he truly is like the stepping stone I think into horror or like scary books because yes okay so like Stephen King does something similar with when he takes like regular objects and turns them into something like kind of scary like for example like one of his earlier works I think is like the mangler and essentially it's like this laundry machine that you feed um, blankets into and it presses them and it's like a vampire essentially it's fucking bloodthirsty and so when you think of like factory workers they're they're often these accidents where their arm gets sucked into the machine and then they like get mangled and they lose the limb or whatever so he takes that already like scary situation and he adds that weird like I don't know supernatural aspect of it being a fucking vampire machine so it's like bloodthirsty and so it's constantly looking for new victims to like get sucked into and mangle them up so it's called the fucking mangler like I don't know it's just what if you take something that's already dangerous and make it a vampire like more dangerous like you make it more dangerous but also supernatural like that's what i love about stephen king um stephen king's a shit we need to do another episode how do we always just like bring it back to him it doesn't matter what we're talking about but like stephen king happy book i'm like stephen king what would he say about this (laughs) you're like actually stephen king (laughs) has stephen king ever written a happy book i want to know that um <laughs> I don't know listener write in do you think Stephen King could write a rom-com <laughs> like I think so I think so um I listened to Misery on mm-hmm. my way to Spain um 
I think it would be a cute love story if she didn't try to kill him. Um, I have that book. Maybe I should read it. You should. It was uh, interesting. Um, Maybe I am toxic for thinking that. Never mind. (laughs) I know the premise of misery. So like if that should be turned into a love story, I don't know. Those of you who don't know the premise of misery, essentially there's a super fan who's obsessed with a writer. And then the writer is driving through a snowstorm who happens to get, like, I guess, stranded. And stays with the super fan. And the super fan is basically like, write me this book ending. And then crazy things happen. Because they, the super fan originally didn't like how the story for Misery ended. So he basically forces the writer to write a completely completely different book mm-hmm. he like forces him to revive misery and like do whatever the fuck she wants it's really crazy it's like a torture torture thing I feel like that would be my relationship with Stephen King like hey <laughs> can I torture you until you write another whatever like, the- can I can I torture you until you write a better ending for the mist <laughs> Yeah, one where our boo doesn't die. Yes. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name. Oof. I can't remember I can't. his name either. Our our boo. Um yeah. Stephen King really ruined me because that's literally every time I read something, I think about some whatever it concept he talked about in on writing. <laughs> He's our point of reference for everything. Yeah. We're only literary critics when it comes to Stephen King on writing. Yeah. <laughs> that's our only basis. <laughs> Yeah, if I ever end up being like a professor or something, I'm not gonna have like a textbook. I'm gonna have <laughs> writing. This is what our Lord and Savior Stephen King said about. Dude, there is a fucking <laughs> textbook I think that they make everybody use, which is like how to analyze literature like a professor. And we're like, no, 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 no. throw that out. What you're exactly. going to use as reference and only ever is Stephen King on writing. This is now your Bible. <laughs> And it makes sense because he was a teacher, right? Yeah, I think so for a while. Yeah, so, you know, he wrote, he is a teacher. You know what? Yeah. We're all teachers. <laughs> so We're all teachers here. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> Maybe I should use this for my students and because I'm going to be an ELAR teacher. For those of you who don't know, English, language, arts, and reading. But because I'm doing high school, I will be teaching writing as well. So, you know what? I'm going to be King. like... Hey, Stephen King wrote this book. It's a little fucking scary in some ways. It might not be kid-friendly, but he made me a better writer. So (laughs) this is how you do it. You get yourself a bookshelf to have behind your desk and you make a classroom library and you can stock it with whatever you want. Right, just all the banned books. (laughs) I will literally donate books to your student's library for your classroom library. I will send, like, if I find Stephen King stuff, I will fucking mail that to you. If I find Arl Stein, I will mail that to you. Like, whatever. We're going to teach these babies. We will mold your brains into what Stephen King wants you to know. We make Stephen King fan babies. (laughs) Anyways, Arl Stein... Oh, so, yeah, it's my bad. Um, so, okay. Um, I did read a few more books than Amanda did. Yeah. Way more. I, I just don't know why. I I just I just wanted to. <laughs> I don't let's, know. Let's start I, with the ones that we've read together. So, okay. Say Cheese and Die. A small synopsis. A Polaroid camera exists. 
and said camera when you take someone's picture it like something crazy happens to it it produces like a picture it predicts the future right and like i don't know it starts off with our main character greg greggy boy he takes a photograph of his dad's new spanking car and then the picture develops and it looks like the car is wrecked and so he's like man that's crazy and then his dad gets in a car wreck and then the car looks exactly like the polaroid picture yeah um and so it kind of like escalates from there he gets a picture of his brother being like hurt um he gets a picture of his friend sherry who mind you is the most annoying character to have exist on the planet like do you want to talk about sherry and why she's annoying oh my gosh i don't even know where to begin i i read this book about a month ago so my my thing is a little foggy um she was just so whiny. Uh, <laughs> actually, I do remember this one part of the book that pissed me off. She has a birthday party. Ooh, this is the she one. She insists that Greg take this camera, despite knowing that this camera is fucking evil. And he, Greg, for some reason, Greg is also an idiot in this part, too. Yeah. He, he, like, insists that he shouldn't take the camera because it's evil and because something bad will happen if he takes it. And Sherry, like, insists. She insists. For him to take it and then he's like you know what okay i'll take it i guess like at that point like you have the camera in your possession like you could just leave it behind like, yeah cool. so anyway he takes the fucking camera and then he takes a picture of sherry and then she disappears and that was like the best part of the book is that she was gone she wasn't whining or bitching mm-hmm. anymore yes so, yeah uh all my friends hate sherry um <laughs> Also, the audiobook, we, I listened to the audiobook. I'm not sure if Amanda did too. I, yeah, I did. Uh, the, the voice character for Sherry was just so fucking annoying. She I was really, it's just like really whiny voiceover for Sherry, but I think it was on purpose because her character is yeah. annoying. Yes. Like, I think about, okay, so you're talking about her birthday party and how she's like, you need to bring the camera or whatever. He gets there and literally all her other friends are like, oh, so what are we going to do at your cool birthday party? And she's like, well, Greg brought his camera, his evil camera. We're going to take pictures. And they're like, that's it. Like everyone was like, you literally threw this party just so we could take pictures. Like, this is so boring, but okay. (laughs) And then like, Greg was like, I don't really want to do this. I don't want to take your picture. And Sherry was like, stop being a punk, take my picture. And he does. And then she's gone. And then she has the audacity to get mad that she, he took the picture when she comes back. Like, yeah. she gets undisappeared like she reappears and she's like why would you take the photo and greg's like i'm sorry it's like the, that question mark meme yeah yeah, uh, um, yeah that book was so annoying uh the only cool part of that book was spider and spider was only in it for like a bit i would say like maybe a chapter yeah, it was just like a chapter. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Spider is the one who created the camera along mm-hmm. with another scientist who I think he killed. On I accident, maybe. Accident, he was I like think. power hungry. So they created the the spooky camera and he took a picture of the other scientist's partner and it's just like gone forever. Yeah. And then uh, one thing that Amanda pointed out is Amanda watched the TV show adaptation of mm-hmm. say chica die and apparently spider doesn't die yeah he just gets trapped in the camera also that tv adaptation is featuring a, a young ryan gosling as greg 
So if you want to watch that, it's like they still have Goosebumps on Netflix. So if you have Netflix subscription, it's on there. If not, I'm sure you could probably fucking find it on YouTube. He's like young. Like he's like a youngin, maybe like 13. I don't know. But yeah, that was one of the major differences that I saw. Like in the book, if I remember correctly, they kind of hint at it because I was like, do people die in the Goosebump universe? And you were like, I don't know, because it's like kind of for kids. Yeah. But the ending of Say Cheese and Die um spoiler alert if you're <laughs> planning to read it um skip at, i guess maybe 30 seconds from here i don't know fuck it's fucking goosebumps you might feel the ending coming uh, like greg is saving i don't know he's saving somebody one of his friends they're trying to return the camera i think yeah and spider like intercepts them tells them the evil backstory of how the fucking camera is created or whatever and then they're like oh crap we're in trouble spider is scary he's trying to like trap us in the camera now because he doesn't want anybody to know about the camera yeah and they kind of hint at spider dying like i think he hits him with something i don't know and then he takes a picture of him and it shows spider dead in the photograph if i'm remembering that correctly so you're just assuming that he's gone like he no longer exists but in the tv adaptation um they take his photo and he just gets trapped in the camera for some reason like it sucks his soul in which i kind of i feel like i kind of like that ending a little better mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like a circle he mm-hmm. makes the camera and then he gets trapped in the camera and yeah. that's cool. and it's very like aladdin where he's like somebody else comes in to use the camera and it releases him yeah 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 that was my thought with say cheese and die say cheese and die was my absolute favorite as a kid and then reading it as an adult I really fucking hated it yeah I don't know Um, if I enjoyed it as much as I thought I was going to just because I know it's like for kids right but sherry was insufferable like I'm sure if I read this as a child I'd also be like team hate sherry like (laughs) yeah that's kind of like how I felt about every single book that I did read uh you you were feeling some feelings right like you were not getting the same vibe I did not love them I I loved goosebumps as a kid absolutely loved fear street but reading it as an adult and I think that's where my issues started is that I read it as an adult with an adult mindset mm-hmm. instead of reading it as like like as a child mindset in my head like I was a little too judgmental I read this how do I want to say this um I kind of said it a little earlier before we started recording it's always before we start recording that we have <laughs> we're, we're done yeah. oh, so you, like kind of with not with um not considering that it was written for children yes exactly like out of context you read it out of context yeah that that's it um and that's one thing that I really should have drilled into my head that you know this wasn't written for adults yeah really written for kids um I actually remember one of my biggest I don't know if it's the same with Goosebumps books but in his Fear Street books, each chapter is literally a page and a half long. And that mm-hmm. shit irritated the hell out of me. And also the fact that 
they were super repetitive. Each chapter was super repetitive. And mind you, each chapter is a page and a half long and it was still repetitive going off of the previous chapter. But Amanda made this fantastic point. Amanda was like, well, it is for, we looked it up and it's like a third grade reading level and it is, you know, beginner, it's like baby chapter books and mm-hmm. it's supposed to help with the reading comprehension. So that repetitiveness is to help make sure that the reader is following along correctly. This, like this is often their first experience with um, longer books. So they're learning, um, they're testing their stamina out, right? They're They're trying to read for longer periods, but also trying to remember all the information that they're reading in these like longer periods. So a recap every chapter kind of makes sense because, you know, maybe this is their first long chapter book and they they don't read it in one sitting. So when they come back to it, like, it's like, oh yeah, that's what I read all those 20 pages ago or all those 50 pages ago. I remember that now. Um, So it's kind of like a, a starter chapter book, which is pretty common for like third grade, yeah. It does. It is actually, yeah, it is for the third grade. Or it's starting at third grade reading level. Um, but that is a, a f- those are a few things that did bother me um, throughout the the reading. Also, another thing that bothered me, and this is such a dumb thing to be upset about, but in every book, every single character is white. <laughs> all have blonde hair. Blue Get it together, Arl Stein. No, I'm, I'm reading, I just opened one of the books right now, literally two twin sisters, blonde hair, blue eyes. I opened another pick, uh, another book, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. Literally everyone is white. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, um, he'd be writing this like in the nineties, you know, I haven't read any of his new stuff um, at all. We, I know that at work we ordered his new uh, Goosebumps series because he has like the original Goosebumps and then now he has Goosebumps horror lands I think yes I actually have one right in front of me right now and those are kind of like the similar plots but altered I think or part twos like sequels like it's more in that universe or timeline Mm -hmm. or whatever um yeah I think that's what it is uh I I looked up because we me and you we had some questions of like is this all take place in the same universe? Um, some Reddit users kind of point out, and I think I've read an interview with Arl Stein too, that he points out that they're not exactly in the same universe. Like Goosebumps and Fear Street are not in the same universe. Cause that was one question I had, like does Fear Street exist somewhere in that neighborhood, right? But it's just, they're all just kind of like individual stories. You know, they're not really necessarily inter- intertwining. Um, or intersecting stories like Fear Street yes because those are they're sagas like there's different um trilogies I think within the Fear Street universe and so those are obviously connected like the ones that recently got turned into um a Netflix adaptation which I still haven't seen because I really want to try reading those (laughs) books before I fucking watch it like I know that we have some listeners that we want to do like a watch party with in our discord um so I'm really going to fucking try to read that book, you guys, like, so we can watch them together and I won't feel bad. Oh, but... I based off of actual Fear Street book? Books. Books. books? Yeah. I thought books. it was uh, just like uh, an adaptation based off of that universe. No, it's um the mm-hmm. Betrayal tr- Trilogy. So that one has um, three books in it and it is 
Oh. Hold on, let me fucking Google it really quick, which they are. It oh, is yeah. book one is the betrayal. The other one is um the secret, and then the last one is oh the burning. And so those three are like all in the same trilogy. And now you can find it in a and in, in one book. You can find it now. I think Barnes and Noble has that that version you can probably get it on amazon too but fuck jeff bezos um <laughs> there's like a three-in-one book adaptation now where they threw it all together so that way you don't have to buy the individual books but yeah so every every movie or i guess long episode on netflix represents the part in the trilogy have been spreading misinformation i thought it- <laughs> <laughs> i did not know it was based off the, of actual books yeah uh, wow i'm it's all it's all good i'm pretty sure the people who i've told talked about those movies with um will be listening to this episode so i told you incorrectly um i'm sorry (laughs) i think most of his fear street uh books are like little trilogies or maybe four books but like they're like think of it as a as a big tree right it's like fucking fear street and then it drops down and it has one pod of like books and then there's another branch and it's another pod so it's pretty cool I'm actually looking at my books now and there is the Cataluna Chronicles there's Mm -hmm. the Fear Hall Chronicles there is the House of Evil Chronicles there are so many I didn't even think about that um I just texted you the the one that the movies are based off of okay cool because I truly did not know that um yeah Yeah. and so those reprints are really helpful because they just throw them all in one book because now it's like we've mentioned on previous episodes it's really hard to find the individual paperbacks of fear street because either people are upselling them or it's just really hard to find them at used bookstores um yeah so say cheese and die i not my favorite anymore (laughs) (laughs) but i will say uh it was my favorite as a kid um I am just a little sad that I did not feel the same as an adult. I think it's also just, you know, I was a kid. I was whiny. I understood. Like, yeah. I understood their whininess. Um, but I also feel like it's very representative of elementary school children. Like, yeah. you can't tell me you didn't know one person who was like that bitch, who was like Sherry, who was like, you have to do this where I say because it's my house and it's my party. And it's like, you know, like very like, <laughs> I remember like, top bitch energy. There's always one person who's like, "We're gonna do what I say." Right. Um, we also read the Ghost Next Door. My favorite. <laughs> really, it was your favorite. Yeah, only because it's it's one of my favorites from as a child. It's always gonna be the Ghost Next Door and Ghost Beach, which I still haven't found a fucking copy, and I've had it on hold at my library system for a very long time so I might just have to buy it which is annoying but anyways the ghost next door was my favorite reading it and rereading it again because I could not remember for the life of me who the ghost was so we have (laughs) two characters who's our main character is Hannah and then our side character is Danny and so they're kind of like both interacting with each other they live in the same neighborhood um, Danny's like that cool kid who plays like with his friends, rides his bike everywhere. Um, Hannah 
I don't know, she has two annoying like younger brothers and so she's always trying to avoid them. Her family is tight with money that summer, so she's not off at summer camp, but she spends her off time sending letters to her friends who did. Who That's don't important. Respond. Who don't respond. That's important, mind you. Yes. Um, um, and then Hannah comes to the realization that Daddy might be a ghost. Yes. Um, and then the whole book is essentially her trying to, you know, tell Danny as politely as possible, like, hey, I think you're <laughs> a ghost. <laughs> um, so Amanda mentioned that they didn't know who the actual ghost was until yeah. the end. But for me, I kind of had the idea that Hannah was the oh, plot, plot twist, not plot twist. Yeah, plot twist and spoiler. Mm-hmm. Hannah was actually the ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of gathered that she was the ghost at the beginning when she says hi to one of her neighbors and the neighbor completely ignores her. <laughs> like, okay, you know, we've all have that rude get off my lawn neighbor. Yeah. So that, but I kind of had an inkling that Hannah was the ghost. Um, so like that same part that you're talking about in the story, I also thought that's what made me think, okay, maybe it's fucking Hannah. And then I kept trying to remember my childhood self reading it. And I was like, was it Hannah? I mean, is, I feel like this might be too obvious if it's her, like, what if, um, Arl Stein, I was going to say Stephen King, LOL. <laughs> I was like, what if Arl Stein is just trying to make it so obvious? And then the plot twist is that it actually is Danny, but also like the thing that kind of made me start to consider more and more as I went further into the book that it was Hannah was that she's constantly seeing this black figure and I listened to the audiobook which I don't recommend because sometimes the voiceovers are so goofy but this black figure constantly like intercepts Hannah from when she's trying to interact with Danny and all it does and says is Hannah Hannah and I was like, this is so fucking annoying. Like, I had my headphones in and I'd be like, what the fuck? And then I would also put it on my car when I was driving to work commuting. And it was like, <laughs> and I was like, this bitch is the ghost. <laughs> like, I kept thinking, and it's also like, confusing because her family is also there and so you're like if she was the ghost why would her family still be there interacting with her but it's like again plot twist and major spoiler alert they're all fucking ghosts yeah they all fucking died in a fucking house fire and yes. it's actually really sad like it's really also- sad sad I like my heart did clench a little bit because I was like mm-hmm. holy shit like and it happened because of her like and it's like a, a soft like you know it's not the kid's fault right but essentially what happened was like the night before her and her brothers had like a little campfire s'more situation in the back of the house and they didn't put out that fire completely like not as well as they thought it did and then that fire spread to their home and then they all unfortunately died right and so like if you think about how this book starts it starts with Hannah having a bad dream about a fire and seeing a black figure and so like once that black figure keeps reappearing, I keep thinking to myself, maybe that was like firefighters trying to rescue her and not necessarily a, fi- uh, a family member like calling her and telling her like, it's time for you to leave. 
like it's time for you to leave this earth like your spirit or whatever I think it might have been maybe rescue personnel trying to get her out of that building but it was too late I don't know that's just a fan theory for me um of all the goosebumps book books that I've read this time around that one was like depressing that one actually Mm -hmm. had a lot of death like yeah she did un she accidentally killed her and her entire family entire family it's like the most unsupernatural death ever um so it was a really heavy yeah holy shit I'm just thinking about it now that was a really heavy like book and then Hannah's Hannah's purpose basically because you're like thinking like okay well why is her spirit still clinging to the the earth right earth realm her purpose basically is to save Danny who's an actual human being that is alive from like dying in a fire because him and his friends are like goofing around and they're trying to like pick on some like old man neighbor and it's is it with like a firecracker I think it was they were playing with matches or something yeah and they just started a fire yeah they started a fire in an old man's home and Hannah manages to gather all of her fucking ghost powers because like ghosts you know they fucking go through things she had previously tried to grab Danny's hand and that's when she realized she was the ghost and she couldn't grasp him at all but like she gathers like all of her ghost powers and drags Danny and gets him the fuck out of that building before he dies and then her spirit is like released and she's able to go with her fucking family and like leave or whatever like her purpose was fulfilled but it's kind of like really sad because like Danny's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, it, like, oh yeah, what did you do last summer? Oh, I got saved by a ghost. My ghost. Right? <laughs> because then Danny's told as well. Like they tell Danny, like, he's like, oh, Hannah Baker's the one that saved me. I think her last name was Baker. Um, that could be a Disney character. Anyways, he was like, Hannah's why, homie. Hannah's like, he's like, Hannah saved me. And um they're like Hannah that family died like years ago in this fire and he was like what and that was it it kind of just like ends like that it it was a wholesome story Mm -hmm. um damn that like made me really sad no it was really good though um I think I liked that one I hated that one the least Mm. and then the the tv adaptation is a two-part episode so make some time for that one well I will definitely check that one out um I also (laughs) Amanda started this one. I finished it somehow. Um, Night of the Living Dummy is, <laughs> I think, probably one of the most popular Goosebumps books. Um, With Slappy? Slappy. Fuck Slappy. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I don't even think Slappy. Is it Slappy that's the bad guy in this one, or is it Mr. Wood? Okay. Dude, Basically, I actually don't know. I've never read it. Please I tell me. I told you. I read this one, like, last month. I don't remember. Um, so Night of the Living Dummy, for those of you who don't know, is the plot is basically two twin sisters find Slappy's, you know, wooden carcass <laughs> in a dumpster <laughs> and they take him home. And one of the sisters, I believe Lindy, mm-hmm. Lindy, I believe is the one that takes over Slappy, becomes a ventriloquist and her twin sister is very jealous and wants her own dummy, constantly tries to undermine Lindy's achievements and stuff until she, in fact, gets her own dummy, Mr. Wood. Interesting. Um, I don't, for some reason, I can't remember which one is the bad guy and which dummy is the bad guy in this book. I think it might be, yeah. Bad guy in Night of Living 
I think it might be slappy because isn't slappy like because I remember slappy well the thing is I think that Mr. Woods because they I believe eventually destroy Mr. Wood and Mr. Woods bought a I guess demon dummy thing goes into slappy yeah so essentially uh the two sisters start fighting each other because you know one of them is Lindy is funnier than Chris Chris just got into ventriloquism I guess is yeah. what it's ventriloquy. It sounds like ventriloquism. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, just be spiteful because you know how siblings are. Yeah, you're good at one thing; they are envious and will. It just says something like Mr. Wood comes back to life and insists that Lindy and Chris are his slaves. So I think he might be. Yeah. So I yeah I think it was Mr. Wood that was the OG bad dummy here. Um. Oh my gosh, though, these twin sisters. I'm so glad that I did not have a twin sister. <laughs> my little brother is like 10 years younger than me. So we didn't even have like fights like this. Like I was kind of out of the house at like, I think I moved out when I was 17. So I didn't really ever have like sibling fights with my sibling like this. But holy shit, I'm so glad I didn't. They were so, oh my gosh. I I applaud parents who have multiple kids because holy shit, like these twins were absolutely despicable to each other. Lindy, like yeah, Chris was trying to sabotage Lindy Lindy's you know career as a ventriloquist, but Lindy was like brutal. She was fucking mean. She was like psychologically mean. Like there is this one part in the book where Lindy basically tries to kill, not maybe like not kill, but like scare the fuck out of her sister, out of Chris. <laughs> um, and then she was like, oh my God, but it was slappy. It wasn't me, I swear. And then, you know, two pages later, she's like, yeah, I did that on purpose so that you would get scared and you wouldn't do blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, Chris gets all vindictive and I'm just like, holy shit, like siblings trying to kill each other. Like, what the fuck? Maybe, is that normal for siblings? I like with your siblings? I don't know. Me and my, me and my siblings have like a, a pretty large age gap, like you said. Like, I think I remember us like fighting when we were younger like we a little fist fighty but it was like nothing like intense like it was very like you'd slap them on the <laughs> arm or something and be like you slapped me on my arm and then you'd slap them back I don't know like I don't remember wanting to kill my brothers so there's that <laughs> I, I don't remember ever developing those urges and I'm not sure that's normal thanks Arl Stein maybe that's just part of the goosebumps thing you want to kill your siblings um but yeah, essentially by the end, I believe they do realize that these fucking dummies are actually alive and fucking crazy. Like I said, I think it's Mr. Wood and I think that Mr. Wood gets destroyed and probably transfers over to Slappy, if I remember yeah. correctly. Poor Slappy, didn't ask for this. They saved, <laughs> they rescued him from a fucking dumpster, dude. Yeah. And then Mr. Wood came in to fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah, um... I fuck I don't remember too well but I do remember that those fucking siblings were fucking terrifying 
if I ever have kids like that and they try to kill each other, like, what the fuck? Like, just throw the whole kids away. Like, you know what? Y'all can throw, go. Throw them both away. Like, y'all can go with grandma. Not trying to, like, go back to my lovely wife, the book, but literally same situation. They're siblings and one of them tries to kill the other and then, like, frames them. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so stupid and crazy. Like, it's so fucking weird. Dumb. Yeah. You also read uh, a Fear Street book, right? Like one or two? I read two. I don't really want to talk too much about the second one because I wasn't as invested as I was. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I feel like it was one of like those skim reads Mm. where I kind of read a little fast, kind of like got like the main idea down. But um, I actually read that one last night. Amanda texted me last night and was like, hey, do you want to try recording tomorrow? And I was like, okay. And then I decided, you know, maybe this is a good time to start reading another Fear Street book. And then, you know, I just was not feeling it. You're Um, carrying the entire weight of this podcast because I did not read (laughs) a single Fear Street book. (laughs) Yeah. um, So Fear Street, I read the third horror. Yeah. Third horror. Third horror? No, I'm just kidding. The third horror. Third horror. Third horror. 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 That's an that's a word. Horror. I feel like Scooby-Doo. Stupid. Um, so yeah, I read this one uh as a kid as well. <clears throat> Scared the fucking shit out of me is the main reason why I'm definitely afraid of um what are those thingies in your sink that you know cut down food and stuff? Garbage. Oh garbage disposal. Yeah, that is this book is the main reason why I am fucking terrified of garbage disposals. Um, okay, as a kid, you know, I actually didn't even find this out until after I read this book because I was like, what the fuck? I had so many questions. Turns out this is the third book in a <laughs> So when it like talked about like stuff, like it kind of hinted that they talked about this in previous books. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking Like about? it was like referencing something else. You're like, I don't remember reading that. I like would go back to like the first page and I'd be like what like no this isn't right this is not right and then you know it turns out you know third horror you know third book <laughs> you know I'm smart um yeah so I found that out uh but pretty much this book involves a twin who films her you know traumatic life story in the house where her twin sister died and her family experienced like hell oh um yes so from i believe like even like the first chapter yeah the first chapter um she gets high okay sorry cody gets hired to play her sister the one who died in the movie um her sister's name is callie there's a lot of catty drama throughout the set because there's like a teenage movie star who wanted the main role that Cody has and blah 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 stuff like that and then about three pages in you find out that Callie's ghost is actually in the house and she's very hateful because apparently this house this house let me try to it's like the Amityville horror where like the longer you stay there like the more evil you get or something like that along those lines so basically the the evilness of the house infected Callie and Callie 
is absolutely hateful that her sister didn't die and that her sister is now filming a movie based off of her where she died I mean that's fair that's fair (laughs) fair feelings yeah (laughs) I feel like it was a little overreacting (laughs) because I feel like that's dramatic but you know but I get it I think if I was a ghost I would be a little petty too I would be a petty ghost yeah you know what yeah I get it I do get it um so pretty much throughout the 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 book they film uh <laughs> they try to film stuff but Callie sabotages stuff she ends up murdering people oh yeah yeah so this is what I'm talking what we mentioned last time goosebumps you know people don't really die and mm-hmm. in, in fear street people get murdered <laughs> like a lot a lot so a couple scenes the first death that I remember is they are filming this scene with an extra and I don't know if you guys know movie sets well but you know there's always like this camera that is like way up like 10 feet high up in the in the ceiling and um to like get like action shots that camera like slides down really fucking fast but there is like bolt that stops it from falling off of the I guess the uh structure or something so it doesn't fucking kill someone you know but Callie's like, ha ha ha, I'm going to ruin this fucking movie because I hate you. And so this extra, this poor extra, this is such a horrible death. Um, so this horrible extra, I mean, this <laughs> the horrible extra gets killed because she's horrible. <laughs> they have her like looking up at this camera and like mm-hmm. screaming, like looking as scared as possible. And the camera starts sliding down. But Callie was like, I'm going to loosen this bitch up. Oh, God. And so the fucking camera like falls and smashes her face open and like her brain is everywhere. Uh, the production for that day is halted. But Callie, clearly. <laughs> yes, clearly there was a death on set. But Callie um, orchestrated this in a way to where it looks like Cody fucking loosened the bolts. Oh. So not only is she trying to ruin this movie, she's trying to ruin Cody and make <laughs> Cody look like some PTSD psycho bitch, right? what the fuck number one (laughs) yeah so scene number two with the scary garbage disposal is in i guess a previous book Mm -hmm. um they are having dinner the whole family having dinner in that house with callie callie's boyfriend and cody and then at the end of that dinner um the boyfriend starts washing dishes and he drops like something in the garbage disposal. So he is in there, Mm -mm. get it out. Fucking house, the evil house turns on the garbage disposal. He, his hand gets all mangled. (sighs) We talked about mangling earlier. His hand fucked up and I think he fucking dies from blood loss. So I think that's the first death they talk about in the house in the original storyline. Um, it ends up happening to one of the um, tech guys who, um, mind you, the original was, like I said, supposed to get filmed. They apparently had, like, gotten through, like, these safety thingies. There was supposed to be, like, rubber blades in there. Like, nothing was ever supposed to happen to the actor's hand. It was supposed to be, like, fake or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, Callie's like, nah, fuck this shit. We're going to make you lose your hand, too. Oh, God. And extra loses his hand. It's all these poor extras. Like, fuck. 
Eastport Extras. And again, um, I looked it up and it's um, the other two books are called The First Horror, The Second Horror, and then the one that you read it was The Third Horror. Um, I might look, look for those because this is so interesting. It, it's really interesting. I actually did kind of like it. Um, the end, just I'll let you figure that out. Um, You're like, yeah. not too many spoilers. Not too many spoilers. I'm just telling you, like, the <laughs> first two scary things that traumatized me as a kid. Yeah, uh, I absolutely don't ever want to get my face smashed open, for sure. Would you say that reading the Fear Street... Uh, would you say <laughs> reading the Fear Street ones was a better experience for you than rereading the Goosebumps? I will say... Um, like, did it I disappoint? At first, I really hated it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, like... I was in the wrong. There were two other books that <laughs> you're like, you know, this makes sense. Well, yeah. Um, I think talking about it now mm-hmm. and how animated I just got <laughs> talking about these people dying. Um, <laughs> I feel like I definitely did enjoy Fear Street a lot more than I enjoyed the Goosebumps books because, and this is actually something I'm feeling right now because when I first read this one a couple, like last month or whatever, I did not like it. I hated it. I hated the ending too. I hated the entire book. Like I'm trying to try to figure out like how to say it in English because I only really know how to say it in Spanish. Like it gave me like ansias. Like I just oh, want to fucking finish it. Like yeah, you're like anxious about it. Yeah. Or uneasy maybe. I don't yeah. Know. Like I just really wanted to get it over with. Um, but now like reflecting on it, I really actually did enjoy it a lot um <laughs> I'm a big scary movie person I like mm-hmm. gore and stuff and then just like realizing like damn these deaths really were fucked up I'm like holy shit yeah this kind of awakened like a like in me it's kind of so, like where your love for it came from maybe yeah yeah for sure so um I also think like oh, what was I fucking gonna say oh I hate myself <sighs> I think it's just really interesting like the storylines all seem like they could be normal mundane like oh a fucking movie set nothing ever bad happens on a, a movie set unless you're like filming the fucking poltergeist or something or oh screen franchise but sometimes like books you need to like sit on it for a little bit for you to realize you actually liked it like the fact that you read it a month ago and you're like oh I don't know how like imagine if we had recorded when you had it was fresh in your head I don't know if you would have been this animated about it like I know you feel some type of way about my lovely wife but when I first read it I fucking hated it too and I thought this book is so stupid but like hearing you talk about it I'm thinking like I think I actually liked that book the fact that it was so cheesy and so predictable I was like I kind of like that book I think I don't know sometimes you need to sit on on um on your reads a little bit longer um to kind of Maybe your attitude about it will change. Maybe it won't. There's some books that I'm like, nope, forever going to hate it. Um, like anything by Bukowski. But <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes you got to sit on things and then you return to it. And you're like, you know what? Like, I think I actually did have a good time. That's a really good way to look at it. Now I feel a little better because I, I didn't want to end. I didn't want this to be such a negative episode for me because I literally just talked about how much I hated all of the Goosebumps books. And then... So yeah, I'm really happy that I 
ended up actually really liking this. This is really interesting to me. It kind of makes me want to reread it again. But I do want to go out like and look uh and look for the first two. I yeah. feel like I'm such a dork for not knowing that it was a <laughs> it even says right here, House of Evil. So you would think, you would think that maybe in my head I would be like, oh, there are two other and that's I also thought about the title I was like why the third yeah like what about the first <laughs> like why couldn't it be the first or something or like why did it have to be that <sighs> and then it makes it made so much sense when I found out and I was like oh my god Isela you're a fucking dork <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um I need to go look at if you to guys fair send me the link because Wow. To be fair, like all of those Fear Street, like, I don't know, they're not really labeled very well. Like you have to know, because you can open the book and you know how the book, it'll say like uh, other books that Arl Stein has written. Right. And it kind of just like lists them, but it doesn't say like in parentheses, like book one in this series or book two in this series. Like it just fucking has them all listed. Oh my gosh, Amanda. (laughs) And like, how is that helpful? You're saying this, but I'm a dork. I just opened it because I was like, does it really say that? I guess I had just skipped to like the first chapter. Uh-huh. I feel like an idiot. It told me here this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's giving me one, two, three, Oh, four. no. Yeah, it's giving me four different, um, I guess, like... Uh, series? Within series. the series? Within the series. And there's Fear Street, Super Chiller, Fear, the Fear Street Saga. Oh, Fear wow. Theaters. Uh, the Catalina Chronicles, 99 Fear Street, The House of Evil, third horror is right there. Love that. Well, you know what? This is a learning a learning experience. We, um, I feel like as a kid, I wasn't so keen on like figuring those kinds of things out. Like if I had saw the third horror, like I didn't pick up Fear Street ever as a kid. I only read Goosebumps. So I wasn't familiar with like book series, really. I think the first experience I had with book series was maybe Harry Potter, but I didn't finish it as a child. I read more of it like as I got older, but my first genuine experience with a saga, and you're going to laugh because we have some feelings about it, was fucking Twilight. (laughs) That's the first experience I had with reading book one and then a two and then three and then waiting for that fourth one. Like I had never like had experienced like books like that. Like I wasn't a reader of sagas. I know a lot of p- people, like young people were reading the warrior series that has like cats in it, like weird fucking fantastical creatures. And it like, you know, there's several books. And so like book one, two, and three was not a concept for me. So if I had saw the third horror, I would have never have thought, oh my God, I have to read book one and two before I read this one. Like that wasn't in my fucking like range of thinking I guess I don't know (laughs) so it's okay it's okay we are learning you can reread one and two yeah and then you know see how you feel about it because it sounds like a good time it does now knowing that I can actually see like the hand thing happen in real time yeah what can happen because there are a couple of crazy deaths in this fucking book uh so I kind of want to see it play out as it happened you know so damn, touche, R.L. Stein. A good time. A good time. Um, holy shit, I'm just mind blown right now. <laughs> um, yeah, let us know if you guys have read any of the Fear Street books. I've talked to a couple people, and they've mentioned maybe 
glancing mm -hmm. at one or two, but let me know which ones you have read. Maybe I'll check those out and let us know your favorite Goosebumps book as well. Um, like I said, I did not <laughs> end up liking Say Cheese mm -hmm. as an adult, but maybe it's just that book in particular. Maybe I'll like something else. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who collects Goosebumps books, so maybe I'll ask him what his um, favorite is. But I would love to know what you guys thought about the Goosebumps series as a kid and, you know, as an adult. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add about Goosebumps or Fear Street or, you know, our Lord and Savior, Stephen King? <laughs> our Lord and Savior, Stephen <laughs> King, bless him and his entire family of writers. Um, <laughs> no, I... I'm just really happy that we read these books. I know it took us forever to put this episode you, episode. Uh, it, I know it took us forever to put this episode out, you guys. But like, uh, like a broken record. We are here just to have fun, but it's a labor of love sometimes, and we just needed a break. And sorry we didn't communicate that with you, but yeah, like here we are, still kicking. And um, I'm probably gonna keep trying to read a few. Um, goosebump books on the side if I see them as they come in um, they're always fucking checked out at work which is fair because that means it's good like there's little there's little readers out there dude all I think about when I go to the R.L. Stein section and I see that so many goosebumps books are gone and we only have like three out of like the fucking 50 that we have I'm like damn these little kids one day are going to graduate into Stephen King fan <laughs> fanboys like it's gonna happen I'm so excited like, I can't wait until they graduate from, like, Fear Street, or from Goosebumps into Fear Street, and then from Fear Street to just, like, Stephen King novels. Yes. Or, like, Dean Koontz or something. I don't know. It's going to be such a vibe for them. Like, <laughs> how exciting. And, um, yeah. Keep on reading horror, you guys. It'll be a fun time. I, I'm, I'm sad that I waited so late into my life. I'm still like young, whatever. But you know what I mean? Like in my reading life, I waited so long to jump onto this horror train. So I'm playing catch up and that's how I feel right now. So I'm like, I don't mind going back and reading Goosebumps or Fear Street for the first time because I feel like all of it is brand new to me. And I'm like, this is so interesting. Like, I love it. I love it all. I love the ridiculousness of it all. Like a fucking dummy coming to life and like fucking shit up. Like I love like something growing under the sink and like coming and attacking you. Like, I love all of that. It's so insane. Me too. That's definitely, I, I feel like I could credit Goosebumps for encouraging my love for all things spooky. Okay. But, um, it was definitely an experience rereading these books and kind of like, acknowledging the feelings that I got from every single one of them. Um, maybe I will try rereading again and this time with a <laughs> much more open-minded, I guess, mm -hmm. mindset. Um, it was definitely a really interesting, I feel good. Yeah. I am really glad that this, I actually, sat down and read them. I'm glad that I took away something from each book. Um, we yeah. should do we should do more horror podcasts. Um, before we go, I want to mention the book that I just bought, the paperbacks from hell book. 
It's like the twisted history of 70s and 80s horror fiction. And it basically just talks about all the ridiculous like horror books, paperbacks that came out within that time period and like their crazy, absurd like plot points and like what their themes were. Um, Definitely recommend people checking it out. It talks about how absurd the premise of these horror stories were, but I think that's what the beauty of it all is. Like I'm telling you, like how crazy a concept of like something under the sink coming to life and like trying to kill you and your family. That's funny. Like, but it's also scary because like, what if, you know, <laughs> like, like what if it happened? I don't want to die because something under the sink decided yeah. it would eat me. <laughs> um, so yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Let us know which Goosebumps books we should check out, which Fear Street books we should check out which whatever books you think we will like. That yeah. We um, if you know any other ridiculous horror books <laughs> and you're like, you have to read this, it's fucking insane and stupid and funny, but also scary, let us know. But thanks for listening. Yes. Also a reminder, we do have a Discord uh, group chat where we also are going to look into <laughs> our book club. Um, we did kind of take a break for a bit but I feel like we're a little bit more refreshed now um Mm -hmm. it looks like we're still doing crying in H Mart (laughs) because a lot of us I think in the book club have only read a portion of it so you know I gives me a chance to reread it as well but um definitely let us know if you want the link to that um we are like I said doing crying in H Mart I believe I believe it is a little affordable on Amazon, but if you're not an Amazon stan, we get it. Like at this point, it's been out long enough that your public library should have it. So I recommend checking there if you don't have the means to purchase it yourself. Go check it out for freezies. Um, your library should have it. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Pod to keep up with our reading updates in real time. Hopefully we can update it because we haven't posted in such a long time, but we are now back on the face of the earth so we can update it and we will try to post, post some pictures of, you know, what our break kind of looked like, the books that we bought that didn't read, um, the books that Isela saw in Spain but didn't buy, like stuff like that. Um, Otherwise, you can catch us hopefully once a month now. We'll figure out a posting date soon. So just kind of follow us to keep posted. You know, we're still trying to figure this out with our new full-time job lives kind of thing. We're adjusting. So please be patient. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Later, haters. <laughs>